My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. What if in addition to celebrating and exploring your own sexuality, you committed your professional life to lighting up the sex lives of others, not only in a beautiful public performance way, but also on a one-in-one level, just purely for your own sexuality, for to bring them pleasure, to teach them, to inspire them. That is what today's guest is all about. I'm so excited to, to talk to her today. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, where good girls go for sexual empowerment. I'm your host, August McLaughlin. And today we have a very special treat. Sarah Vandella is in the house. Aside from being a porn star, she's also a legal sex worker. And she's very open about her life as in that career. She's also won many, many awards uh, for her work. She's a uh, Long Island born and raised uh, woman here. She began her career in the adult industry in 2007 and has been wowing fans all over the world ever since. Her awards list is so long. I'll just name a few here. She's won an award, um, the AVN Award. She won an Urban X Award, the X Biz Award for her beloved performance in Brides, Bridesmaids. Uh, she's been a zero tolerance contract girl, and she recently appeared on the cover of July 2014 Excitement Magazine. I can see why she's stunning. She's sitting right here. And before embarking on her successful career, she worked at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> so I have a feeling that this girl is a hometown girl who can also relate to the everyday woman. Thanks so much for being here, Sarah. How are you doing? Oh, gosh. Thank you, August, for having me. I'm doing fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I'm so curious to find out how you got started in this business, and how specifically did you kind of pursue the sex worker role? Well, to be honest with you, it was somewhere when I was very young. Uh, we were on a family road trip. We um, During my adolescence and living in Long Island, my dad moved us to Orange County, California for a very brief time. So I grew up uh, fourth grade to about eighth grade in California. So we were doing a family vacation on the coast, and I just remember this fascination of working girls and what it would be like to kind of put yourself out there and offer not only the sex but the relief of the companionship. Something about that really inspired me, and it wasn't until I was in my early 20s that I later revisited that. So I was always very sexually curious as a younger girl and did a lot of daydreaming and fantasizing, and I even went through this weird phase where I went to the library and I would say to my mom, I want to read about prostitution, and I want to read about what it's like. And so I, I educated myself, and I saw the real nasty, ugly side, like the drug addiction and the, um, you know, the the uh, the desolation of it all, the the, the desperation where it was done out of needing um, it's quick, the only option, right? Yeah. Quick money or something for a drug, and that was the part that I couldn't relate to, that I didn't like, and I yeah. wanted to see. If all of that was put aside, you know, uh, and, and now I'm fast forwarding to my early 20s and let me give you a brief um, nutshell. So I, I did the high school thing, uh, did a little bit of the junior college thing, 
due to my moving around, I couldn't establish the correct credits to really get into a great state school, but I, I really tried. Um, Self-education, so. though, that's, that's my favorite, man. When you can Absolutely. really— Because you're also studying what you want to study, and you're exploring it with questions, which I love, because you listened or you were reading all of this, and you said, wait a minute, there's got to be something more, because you saw a benefit. And I certainly grew up with the idea that— all sex work is this like dirty mm-hmm. prostitution that involves drug addicts as sure. well. So it's 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 really fascinating to me that you that struck you so early. You know, maybe before society had stepped in and said this is a bad route. You know, to take yes. And it was it was so weird because I was so curious about it, but I never nothing became of it until I was 23, 22, 23. Okay. Um, but I did the school thing, and it just wasn't for me. Like you said, you want to learn about something that you're interested in. And yeah. the prerequisites, I felt like I was in 13th grade. So I, I was, totally don't you I was over it. So yeah. I, I, I yeah. said, let me, let me work in a porno shop. Yeah. Let me put myself around this, this porn, this, this, this visual. Of so had you been watching porn and you thought, I want Here wanna- and there. Okay. And you know what I loved? I loved, like, the vivid girls. They were, like, superheroes to me. Like, Playboy uh, Channel would showcase, like, Savannah and um, Jenna, Jenna Jameson, of course. Sure. And, um, you know, just, just the originals. And I would just look up to them and say, wow, they're so glamorous and so sexy and it's so on their terms. And yeah, that there's was a strength about them. Very much mm-hmm. so. And um, that appealed to me. And uh, I wanted to see if I had what it took to... Not only be around the the porn and the smut aspect of it, because I was very sheltered and shy throughout my early 20s, or excuse me, teens, and you know, right when I started turning 22, 23, did I let that let, let that out? And um, I uh, I worked in that porn shop for a little while, and then I just kind of had this sixth sense about this club around the corner, and it was it was a blowjob club more or less, and okay. it. It was with protection, and um, the girls there, we had blowjobs and handjobs, and it wasn't until a few years later that they added sex. Okay. But it was— So protection. What did they use for protection? Condoms. Okay, so you did blowjobs with condoms. Yes, for a hundred bucks a pop. Were these like delicious condoms, or did some they... of them? Yes. Okay, some of the girls. Say the medicine-y taste sometimes could be, or the you, you have know. to get the good kind. The the and I won't plug any specific yeah, sure. kind, but just the kind that isn't flavored is usually okay. the best. But no, it was a trip. Like the manager would come in in the morning, we would all be in the room getting set up, getting dressed up for it was a peep show. So the window went up. The guy would pick a girl, go in the room, and. Okay. Yeah, interesting. But he would come in and with all these condoms, and we'd buy them, and that was my after the porn shop. That's where I went, and it was okay. just so freeing, and I loved it. It turned me on. Yeah. It was so much fun, and um, I said to myself, "Wow, I wonder what it would be like to go legal." So that's when I started exploring Nevada brothels. Interesting. What a fascinating route. Now, before I ask you about yeah, the brothels, I'm and totally if I'm going curious. too fast. Oh, not at all. I love this. I'm so, so intrigued. So you mentioned being really curious as a kid and a bit shy. So what did you learn about sexuality aside from your own studies? Did you learn much in school from your family? Not much in school. It was, I learned a lot about my fantasy. And um, I indulged that a lot as a younger girl. And masturbation was a huge outlet for me. Awesome. Um, it should be for more girls. It should it's be. It's discouraged. And it's, I think that that is a, one reason, not to get into another topic, but oh, that so many adolescent girls and teen girls uh, struggle with depression because mm. it's incredible if you don't 
release that energy, if you don't explore that and kind of get in touch with your body when it's changing. I mean, couldn't agree more. And even I can relate to that even still to this day when, you know, us women, we have our our womanliness and, you know, sometimes we just need that release. You know what I mean? Of course. Of Um, course. Wow. So you didn't learn much in school. And your family, did they have an open communication about it? Very much so because my curiosity was open because I didn't feel shame. I grew up in a very, like, liberal, reformed Jewish family. Awesome. So I asked a ton of questions and my parents were very receptive to answering them, but they didn't always know the right way. So we did a little bit of therapy, you know, like any neurotic Jewish family does <laughs> in, the, in the early 90s bad in Long Island. Sex therapy they, with yeah, the whole family. They took me, they took me this child, uh, this adolescent uh, therapist. It was, it was a trip. It was fine. And uh, I remember her saying to my dad and my mom, oh, it's that time, huh? And they're like, yeah, she's asking a lot of questions. And her advice at the time was to take me to the library and because I was already familiar with books on prostitution, <laughs> yeah. to now show me books on actual intercourse. That's so it was it was a little out there. I mean, I, I went to the library with both my parents, and they, like, showed me what sex really was because I still didn't really know what sex was when I was kind of fascinated and intrigued by sure. this power that women had. And so you could feel the really sensuality, wild. but it's such a different thing because there's no sensuality in sex ed. I mean, it's None. it's not even talked about usually. So we don't really comprehend it when they show these diagrams and these, you know, this goes into this and this happens in the chemical release that it's not really a sexy process. So, yeah, but good for your weird. parents for yeah. bringing you in and, and saying, you know what, these are her questions because another guest recently, uh, Emily Linden from the Unslut Project was here. Oh, and wow. Um, you know, she was talking about this. Um, we also had a sex positive um, mom talking about this topic. And I think, you know, making our sex education not just a talk, like the talk is really, you know, so that's it sounds like it's a part of your life, which is incredible. And it probably your parents haven't been too shocked at the, the path you've taken. Exactly. I mean, they weren't too thrilled when I told them, yeah, I'm going to be a clerk at a porno shop. I mean, they were like, oh, come on. But I was like, look, I'm 22. You know what? This is where I'm at right now. And then when I told them about three months later that I was going to start dancing, quote unquote, then they 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 weren't concerned. uh, But I I reassured them that I was okay with it and that I wasn't going to do anything I didn't want to do. And I've stuck true to that. And I love the fact that uh, because you had open communication with them as a kid and and they didn't say, you know, that's bad. Shut up. Never talk about that. You told them all of this. So many parents are shocked, I think, when they learn, oh, my God, my my son or daughter is working in this industry. And that's fantastic. So you you decided to uh, enter the, the brothel industry. Tell us, first of all, what that means because I think that a lot of people don't even know first of all what the brothel experience really is besides what we hear in movies and things like that sure and then also kind of the difference between legal versus you know illegal absolutely well for starters the uh the brothel itself is set up so it's completely legal so there's a sheriff's card there's regular testing um up to the house, there's no, there's about, don't quote me on this, but there's probably between 10 to 15 houses in Nevada. Um, I've only worked at two of them. Okay. Uh, each house has its own rules and requirements for different minimums in which the, they're willing to start business at. As now, far as the fee. Correct. Okay. Now, every independent contractor, uh, working girl, is basically responsible for her own negotiations. Um, brothel... Workers are 
to me, a mix of women that are like me in the sense that they feel that they are put on this earth to give back, whether it's sexually or being a sex therapist to a man or just giving a good fucking blowjob. And then there's the women that are way too serious that you can tell it's aged them. Mm -hmm. You can see it on their face. And uh, maybe at one point they were on the street. And um, that's the thing about brothels. They offer girls second chances. So there's definitely a small percentage of that street mentality, um, which is why with certain communication in the brothel, a lot of things are coded. For instance, um, if a black gentleman was to walk in and look for a party, a party meaning a a date, a fuck. Okay, sure. Um, And that's what we called it because it's just easier and classier. Um, but there would be a, a voiceover in our brothel, and it would be a code in that voiceover letting the ladies know that this gentleman was a man of color and he was looking to have some fun. Now, I don't know why that started, but when I was new and I worked at Sherry's Ranch, there was this amazing working girl named Carly, and she was just magnificent. She was blonde and blue-eyed, and she was just beautiful, but she had a very tough, hard mentality to her. She had these very interesting tattoos as well that didn't go, you know what I mean? You could tell that that was like a phase. Sure. Something rough, you know? Um, It was girls like Carly that they have this code because it was rumored that maybe they still had a gentleman on the outside that was still collecting some of their profits. So basically there were and still are a very small percentage number of women that are in legal brothels that have pimps. Which is a big no-no, and uh, the house usually does not approve. And it's probably not perhaps their choice, but they feel controlled by it in a way because they end up in a career, like you said, from from hard knocks. Exactly. Okay, interesting. So So if Those are the girls that I see them, and I have a lot of respect for them because I don't F with them, you know what I mean? But uh, I know that I can't shoot the shit with them. There's other girls that I can be my goofy self, and that's okay, and I respect that, you know, but— Pass in the hallway, yeah, hello, good day, you know, make money, you know, be well. So there's some unspoken kind of, not rules, but just sort of like, yes, procedures and ways you guys treat each other. I learned that very fast, August. I got to tell you, I have this incredible memory of of my first day at the brothel at Sherry's Ranch, Pahrump, Nevada. Couldn't have been, uh, it had to be between 2006 and seven. And I remember going up to this, another woman by the name of Roxanne, and she was just gorgeous. And I stuck my hand out. I said, hi. My, and at the time, I went by Cheyenne. That was my stage name. Sure. And I said, hi, I'm Cheyenne. It's really nice to meet you. And she said, I don't shake hands. Wow. And I said, okay. <laughs> Lesson learned. And that yeah. was like, I whoa. I, you know, that was, that was a little hard to hear, but I didn't, you know. Yeah. Eye-opening, I'm sure. I was like, okay. But perhaps putting you on a good track to be like, okay, so First every day. job has its rough points, and that could be one of them. Now, just to clarify, so why would it matter? Why would you need a code for sure. somebody who's African-American? Is it because pimps are a certain race? It's more I, or less, and they okay. prefer that their lady don't have another encounter with a man of... Oh, I see. That's usually the street. And I don't come from that. Yeah. But I've I've been around that, and I've heard some really sad stories, and that's one aspect of brothel life. And, sure. um, you know, there's girls that also make a magnificent career out of it that have maintained their age, their dignity, just their grace, and because it's all on their terms. Sure. And... Uh, you know, you can just tell, even in film, you can see the different stature of performer that 
they don't need to be drunk to fuck on film. Yeah. And then you can see the girls where they're, sl- you know, they're it's a little sloppy. Like- <laughs> and if you got if you got to be drunk to do a double anal, I don't know. Maybe you should pass on it. You know. Yeah. What I mean? Maybe it's not your job. That's all. It totally reminds me of in a completely different level. But it's like. When you're dating, you know, if you if you need to be drunk, like I had this boyfriend oh, who I had to be drunk to have any fun with in any way, sexually or anything. Right. And it's like, that's kind of a gigantic red flag that you're not really, you know, totally. in the in the right place at the right time. It's not really you. And authenticity is so important, you know, I think, yes. in whatever we do. Uh, so legalizing versus, you know, the illegal work, do you have opinions and do you feel like sex work should be across the board, legalized, regulated, all that stuff? I don't. I feel like uh, it's a woman's prerogative uh, and, you know, whether she wants to offer herself um, to a man for service and uh, taking it a step further, uh, you know, I legalizing it across the board, I mean, would it be horrible? No, but... I just don't know if I don't know if that would be the right thing to do. I think more awareness and just more support for sex workers, yeah, um, is something I'd like to see personally. Um, less of a stigma, less of a, a shamed kind of you know reputation that comes along with it because it is a choice, you know, for for me to personally continue on in this career, whether sure. it's, in, uh, you know, in, in front of a camera or behind a closed door. Absolutely. So, yeah. And in that way, you are making such a difference. In a way, you're an activist simply by being who you are, because I think anybody who is working to break a stigma, the most powerful way is to show them a better example. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, listen, I, I'm not going to say that I didn't have a hard time uh in my early stages, uh, getting into this lifestyle. Um, but I stuck to some core values, which in turn, I had to make a choice whether to leave set and say, I'm sorry, I can't perform this scene because this extra isn't tested and you want him to dildo me. Yeah. Um, it just didn't feel right because I'm the kind of performer you start dildoing me. I'm going to want to fuck. You know yeah, what I mean? I'm going to want to yeah. take it there because I'm sure. a freak. But before we roll, before anything, we look at each other's tests. We make sure each other is clean, safe, make sure each other, whatever our yes and no's are for that scene. And then we go balls to the wall with it. But, you know, I've had to, uh, you know, get off my knees, literally, August, and say, F you, I'm not doing this. And looking back, I wish I would have excluded the FU yeah. because once we put that hostility before our value, then our value is discredited because sure. all we are is hostile. But my message was clear and um, it was my first, it was within my first year so I, I could get away with it. You know what I mean? Sure, <laughs> of course. But looking course. back, I mean, wow, it was like yeah. I really stuck to that. And so, Good for you. Thank you really you. set your standards. Thank you. And I, I've huge. had people, I've had people that have seen that because it was part of a, you know, thing on TV, whatever. And they've said, good for you. Yes. You know, good for you. And I've said, thank you so much. And, um, you know, that's all. You live and learn. You, you do. Know? And every woman, I mean, men too. Yeah, men every too. Woman Absolutely to men too. And yeah. I, on another note, maybe going a little further, I, I don't have an issue with safe male-on-male sex. Yeah. I don't. Um, so that's, you know, with that being said, because there was a small time where it was legal in the brothels in Nevada. So due to that, actually, the testing requirement changed from vaginal and blood to now they do anal swabbing as well. And that was because that law was in effect. Wow. So, yeah. 
I mean, it's pretty crazy. That's amazing. So (laughs) do most people, are most people pretty, I feel like once you do have those standards, people respect you more. Do you feel like it's been since that first experience, are most people really receptive to that conversation before? More or less, yes. Yes. That's Um, great. Yes. Overall, yes. Yeah. And I suppose each time you do it, it's like a muscle, you know, you get stronger in it. And you feel more confident and you realize you don't have to even come off hostile. Like, and I'm learning that also with age in life. Like, I'm learning to relax and not you know yeah so it makes a huge difference it's like and why am I stressing chill yeah. bitch you it's know? so true because it affects everything and lord knows you're not going to have an orgasm if you're sitting there really tense either no or enjoying kidding. anything there's nothing yeah. worse than like trying to take that time for yourself and you're like trying to relax and you're just like oh it's not going to happen right now I have to revisit yeah. this later totally I hate totally. that speaking <laughs> of which one topic that we cover a lot here is yeah. um, body image mm. and how have you maintained or have you always kind of had a positive relationship with your body or how have you developed one because I imagine that's pretty essential for the kind of work you do absolutely um, well I'll start with this I it, I always had a very negative image of my body for many, many years growing up. Um, I was chubby. I went through the name-calling thing. You know, it sucked. Yeah. And um, I was early to hit puberty, so I was definitely the first girl in my class to have a shape, and the guys didn't let me forget it. Yeah. So that was, you know, hard. But coming into my years on camera and in this industry, I've learned to embrace my curves. Um, I definitely have seen that hitting the gym is more flattering to my figure. Sure. Um, so I'm in this kind of lifestyle now where I work out regularly, but it wasn't always that way. The percentage of my work, I'm fat. Like, yeah. if you ask me. That is awesome, though, that you can work, though, because oh, so yeah. many I was so curvy, yeah. and, uh, you know, it was amazing. I, I have had amazing companies hire me that continue to hire me, and, um, like Bang Bros, Brazzers, Naughty America. They've been really good to me throughout my whole career. And, um, yeah, I've shot me all different shapes. So That is so incredible. And that's something it that is. I've been learning, too, is that, it, you know, the adult industry really does embrace more broad standards, whereas uh, my background was in uh, after high school, I was modeling in New York. And I remember we'd go into the agency, oh, and God. this booker, he would come up to us and pinch us on, on our the side of our waist to see, you know, if we had any extra anything. And oh I had poor body image skin. growing up. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you lose this? True. Is there a, a saw? Like, what am I, you know? And, uh, you know, I think every woman struggles with body mm-hmm. image. But when you take it, those kinds of standards, which, you know, also get into film and TV and all these things. It's it's really refreshing to see an industry that says, you know what, all shapes and sizes. It's not about that. You know, physical beauty is a is a thing, but it comes in all different kinds of formats. And don't you think confidence makes such a huge difference? Absolutely. Um, that is the number one sexiest, I think, attraction for me uh, as as a woman is confidence in men and women. Um, but I wow. So you were a model. I was. Wow. Yeah, like a million years ago. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Did you runway and stuff? I did. I didn't think I would because right. I'm uh, I'm not even, I'm like five, eight and a half. Yeah, they're very strict with that. And the they height, are. Right? And yeah. I'm from Minnesota and I thought, well, I'm going to move out to New York and I'm going to be a face <sighs> model. <laughs> you know, I didn't yeah, think right? I would. Because I just thought I'm shrimpy compared, you know, sure. to, to, the, to the runways. And my first job was runway. And I just, so I ended up doing both, which I, I liked the runway because there was a lot of uh, like theatrical parts, which I liked. I love you know, that. The performance part is fun, which you get because you're also an actor. Yeah, and relating to that, you know, uh, there was a time in between the brothel and my porn 
where I did a little research, but I compared myself to a lot of the present day ladies that were, you know, around and I um, didn't feel like I wasn't good enough, but my confidence wasn't fully there. And that's okay. It took a little time, but I was planting my seed. I was educating myself. I picked up the phone and made a lot of phone calls and called different agencies and asked questions. And it wasn't until I actually ran into a legit porn star at the brothel that she invited me to um, watch her shoot. And it was just great. We took a little road trip from Vegas to L.A., and um, I was, I knew it was the right time, and I shot my first three scenes two weeks later, and I've been shooting ever since. Wow. So yeah. tell me, I know you yes. just yeah. recently did a yeah. film. Yeah. What, what's sh- happened in your film career? Well, um, I've been shooting, thank God, you know, staying in the game. It's tough because I'm seven years in, so I'm not a new girl anymore, but I'm so grateful to still work for Zero Tolerance, Devil's Films, Hustler, um, Brazzers, Naughty America just had me. So I've been staying busy. I've been doing some fun titles such as um, If You Want to Fuck My Daughter, You Have to Fuck Me First. And that's for Devil's Films. Well, that's saucy. So I got, oh, isn't it? Oh, (laughs) my. So I got to play a mom. It was really fun because I worked with this adorable, you know, just cute little 20-year-old. And she had a little southern little little southern twang so in our storyline she's been living with her dad for the past 10 years and she finally came back to visit me you know it was just cute so that was fun but no I'm a cougar now and I'm embracing it I love that you I'm if y'all I'm a cougar you are not a cougar (laughs) but you're you're like the your little baby cub cougar I'm I'm (laughs) a baby cub cougar that's it that's it. But I know what you mean because everyone I've talked to in the adult industry, it seems that, uh, you know, the days of just having this superstardom that lasts for decades is kind of gone because it's been so saturated. So now it's, you know, there's like the new girl, the new girl, the new girl. So to have a stable career is is, is pretty awesome. That's why I'm so blessed to still do the exoticas, the AVNs, and, um, you know, my, my amazing fans that support Sarah Vandella, uh, they know who they are and... Many of them uh, have seen me go through different, you know, phases of my career and have still been here. You know what I mean? Because I still always, even though I had some struggles, you know, I still always loved what I did and I still love it and I still have fun with it. That is so important. And I think it probably shows in your work. I'm doing a blowjob after this. (laughs) I'm ready to say that. I'll just imagine this. Like, (laughs) you're making money for. Having sex, for giving blowjobs, for having orgasms. I mean, and I enjoy it. I mean, I love it. Knowing that I can provide this like outlet for men and women. Um, and they can jerk off and, and yeah. masturbate to me. I think it's sexy as hell, and uh, it's very awesome. empowering. And do you get similar empowerment from the escort brothel type work? And I do. Film, or is it? It's so it's it different. Need it's, to be on camera to be empowering for you. It doesn't. And a lot of like it, to sound funny, it's like working at the brothels like my charity. As yeah. as as a sex worker, that's like me giving back. Yeah, like totally. And it's and it's great because a lot of the men are just so grateful to have someone to spend time with, and they can see through the girl that really legit cares and is really just counting the minutes. Yeah, it's like a doctor when you watching. go in for your f- physical and sure. it's like they're checking off a list and they forget your name and stuff. Or there's somebody totally. who's like Ugh. really cares about what they're doing. That's that is incredible. Yeah. That is incredible. And to me that's I get something back from that, you know? Yeah. I really do. So I could see that. I, I still that. I'm actually trying to uh put it out there to the universe that I'm interested in working at the Bunny Ranch. 
as a new um, house to work in. Oh, um, so cool. we'll see about that. I have met Dennis Hoff in the in the past, and um, what a, what a character! I've <laughs> I've heard some some wild things about him, but um, I uh, would be interested to possibly. Work at All the... All right, everybody. If anyone has a connection, <laughs> hit, you know you're, you're dialing right now. Carson okay? City, Nevada. Yeah. Bunny uh, Ranch. Let's make it happen. No kidding. 2015. We would be so proud and excited <laughs> new year. To, to help make that happen. If anybody hears that and that would be can fun. put in a great word or, you know, email yeah. them, put a phone call in or anything, you know, mention that you, you heard about her today. To that. Yeah. that would be awesome. I feel like we did our service today, right? too. So that's, We're all giving back here. We're all paying so, forward. Exactly. So I have to ask <laughs> because... You are a top professional at blowjobs. Is there a tip you could give for all the lovely ladies out there if they want to just, you mm-hmm. know, up the ante a little bit? Here's a tip, and it may sound so silly, but when you think about it, it really can make a difference. Breathe through your nose. Breathe through your nose. So when you're sucking the dick, breathe through your nose. Teach yourself to breathe through your nose. That way you can spend more time down there and... You relax more. So maybe even learn a little deep throating. There you go. And don't be afraid to get nasty, ladies. Yeah, just try it. Just try it. Worst thing, okay, what? So you cough, you choke, or maybe you puke? Oh, well. I'm sure no guy's going to go, oh, my God, my dick is so big I made her choke. And you're not going to throw up. You're not going to, like, throw up unless you are, like... You you overate like just don't you know it's like go, like, like the swimming before. the swimming rule wait thirty minutes after you know eating and before you it. take a dip I before you literally like, take a dick so. uh, just just a minute baby let's let's, uh, let's watch digest. a couple more minutes of the TV show right. or yeah just put it off a little bit that makes yeah. sense and it's also I know some women uh, don't particularly love you know maybe in, inhaling so much of flavors and stuff like that, too. So I imagine yeah. there's lots of different things that could be helpful in that way. I mean, go with um, a, um, a very thin latex condom for safety. But if you know your partner and you're safe and you're monogamous, I say skin on skin is the way to let the love begin. I, <laughs> I would love that cross-stitched on my pillow. Right? I just, love that. Just a thought for That's fabulous. For yeah. And what about for women who want to gain more sexual empowerment to or perhaps because a lot of women struggle with sort of because of the same things we've been talking about, a lack Absolutely. of education or being told that sexuality is not a good thing. What's mm. one thing or, you know, that they can do to just start feeling more like their sexy selves. You know, I gotta say, I feel so sorry for any woman who's who was raised in an environment where they were taught that sex and their body is shame and negative. Because I just never had that experience. Um, but what I can say is, coming from a place where I wasn't always positive on my own image, um, what's helped me especially overcome it. And it's a daily reprieve. There's days where I'm like not not perfect in that area, but you know, y- you figure it out. I would say just really be honest with yourself and say, what turns, what do I need? What does my body need? What turns me on? What is something that's going to make me feel sexy and confident? You know, that's, that would be my advice. And it may sound cheesy, but I'm all about putting the pen to paper, like write it out, write a fantasy journal, write down words, sexy words or images. I don't know. Just get it on paper and you can reflect on it and see where you're at. And you may learn a thing or two about yourself. That's powerful because I think that when you also write it down, it gives it more strength because you're thinking it. It becomes real. Yes. And also, if a woman is not perhaps 
ready or eager to share that with somebody, it gives her an outlet, you know. Yeah, start and then with sharing does, it with yourself. Pass the paper along. Exactly. It can be very sexy. Wonderful. So how can our listeners learn more about you if they're not already in the loop? Well, you all can please follow me on Twitter at Miss, that's M-S, Sarah Vandella, S-A-R-A-H-V-A-N-D-E-L-L-A. And please join my exclusive website, sarahvandella.com. Please watch out for all the fakes. There's tons of fakes. And my Instagram is real Sarah Vandella. I do not have Facebook. Wow. I love that. She said it with strength. She knows what Mm. she likes. She knows what she wants. She goes after it. So many things we can learn from Sarah. I feel like we could talk for hours. So next time you are promoting anything, you better get your butt back in here. Oh, absolutely. And quickly, fans, please come to the uh, 2015 Adult Video News Expo. That's our AVN Expo. And that is going to be at the Hard Rock Hotel Casino, Las Vegas, Nevada, January 21st to the 25th, I believe, or 24th. Forgive me. Forgive me on that. And um, also those East Coasters, I will be at the Exotica, New Jersey, Edison, November 7th, 8th, and 9th. She was not even looking at a calendar. I can can never do that. I never even know what day it is. You're incredible. So check all of that out, y'all. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I had a blast. Wonderful. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating and review, and hop over to my website, augustmclaughlin.com, for show extras and a whole lot more. Thank you so much for listening, and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.